1: Hello, Coxie. Hello, Woz. Is that your... That's your... um, I'm trying. Podcasty voice. I'm
0: trying. (laughs) I'm very trying, some (laughs) would say.
1: (laughs) We're we're both... uh, (laughs) Now we're both really reluctant to do our podcast voices.
0: I I, I swear to goodness I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have one?
1: Uh, Pot calling the kettle black. Anyway, (laughs) hey listeners. (laughs) Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast. Uh, We have a cracking interview today Mm -hmm. for another of our real tradie guys stories. Mm -hmm. That's a bit too long. It's not very catchy.
0: Real tradie guys.
1: The real tradie guys thing is good. RG, no, RTG. That doesn't have a ring to it either. Anyway, we've got a real tradie guys uh, episode coming at you today. Um, This one's cool. I've had this dude on my list of people that I wanted to get on the show for quite some time. Uh, I actually met Justin in Sydney a couple years ago, when uh, we were both down there, uh, pretty much sponsored by mates in construction to go and do some training, Mm -hmm. some suicide prevention training, um, and uh, you know basically just learning how to speak about our respective stories. Um, So for those that don't know, I've I've had a personal experience with suicide, as has Justin, Um, and so today's episode, while it's not all about that, we've had a few lately, which I guess is, is testament to the fact, Coxie, that. A lot of people are are struggling with or working through mental health issues or even, you know, suicide uh, issues. So um, just a a warning perhaps about today's episode that we do talk about it as we already have. Um, And if you're in need of help or support uh, or if you're not feeling okay, then please reach out to either mates in construction or lifeline um i think the lifeline number is one three triple, triple one, one four. four and mates is a really long one that i can't remember <laughs> um but, but seriously just go to google google mates in construction or lifeline and please get in touch with those organizations or coxie and me yeah um drop us a out. message mm-hmm. uh, you're a listener so you're part of our tribe part of our crew and we've already had a couple of people reach out to us in the last uh, few months. Mm. So by all means do that and we can certainly um, support you and connect you with the right people. But um, today's interview is with Justin Gange. Now, uh, you probably don't know who Justin Gange is, but you would know. I think you probably do. You who, just don't know. If if you've watched a game of football, rugby league that is, in Australia in so the it's last... It's not
0: actually football, it's rugby league. Ten years. It's not soccer.
1: Well, see, it's soccer. It's, it's soccer, soccer or football. football. Yeah, but not for me. I'm an Australian.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah, if you've watched a game of League Thank you. In, uh, in the last 10 or 15 years, there's a fairly high chance you've seen today's guest doing backflips
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a foam horse's head mascot outfit. <laughs> Called Buck the Bronco. Buck
0: the Bronco. My <laughs> kids are going to be so impressed that I just interviewed <laughs> Buck the Bronco. I'm going to go up 10 levels here in mum shit.
1: Oh, you've got some serious cred coming your way. <laughs> um, so Justin was Buck the Bronco for a whole bunch of years. 20 years? Yeah. 20 years. 20 years. Um, but more than that, uh, he is the husband of a very patient wife, <laughs> um, the father of two IVF daughters. He was a plumber. For 25 years. Still a plumber, still a licensed plumber. Well, yeah, he's still licensed, although he he doesn't go around inspecting uh, compression joints or anything like that.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: He's an old soldy. Soldy, is that what he said? Yes. Uh, He spent 20 years uh, with Queensland Rail, um, and he has a mental illness and a lived experience of suicide. So, um, he's been working with mates for about the last five years. And he's had a heck of a lot to do. So he's a field officer with Mates in Construction. Um, he's had a heck of a lot to do with RUOK, Movember, Suicide Prevention Australia, um, and a whole bunch of awesome organizations that are very much in support of change in this area. So um, I, I've seen Justin share his story on stage in front of hundreds of, um, I guess, industry people and people like myself <clears throat> at training in Sydney, and um, it's it, it's a moving experience to hear someone like Justin share his story, but more so just the the sharing that that encourages from other people so um yeah i was I was really stoked with today's uh, interview and and uh, i hope hope uh, as a listener you get something out of it as well
0: mm, absolutely enjoy So
1: we're going to jump right in with uh, a man who jumps very high. I think you jump pretty high, don't you Justin?
2: i oh, look at least two inches, mate. Um, you know, that's, <laughs> that's,
1: that's welcome that's, that's welcome to I'm the sure. show.
2: Good to have you here. Thanks, mate. Yep. Now Way to be had.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see how well we had you in a minute. Uh, so mate, this is this is a real Tradie Guys episode, as we said. Uh yep. we've we've read your bio, which um given that you wrote it. Is uh, probably <laughs> slightly embellished, mate. But um...
2: oh, yeah, I like to give myself a few tickets, mate.
1: <laughs> you should, you should. <laughs> now, now you you are you still a real tradie?
2: Uh, look, mate, I, I'm am a plumber by trade, and um, I've still got uh, the the license. But um, I work for a a mob called Mates in Construction, so we actually go out having yarns with people in in construction and trade industries and talk about suicide prevention and mental health. So, yeah, that's what I do.
1: Do you ever feel compelled to give people feedback on their joins?
2: Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a copper brazing man from way back. <laughs> and so all these, all these young tackers using and clip-on bolts, you know, they just don't have my boat, I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> don't really know what they're doing there, do they?
2: Yeah, no. It's a
0: different skill set, no. that's for sure.
2: Oh, it's it's Lego with some benders, you know. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs>
1: G'day to all the young guys? blokes listening to the episode. Yeah, sorry, mate.
2: <laughs> We're going to
0: bag. This is yes. the one we bag, yeah. yeah.
1: We love you all. That's it. We love yous all.
0: <laughs> yeah, mate,
1: uh, so you work for mates uh, in construction. Yep. And, and uh, for, for anyone who does know about mates, uh, you know, they'd be familiar with the work that they do. And, and we'll talk a bit about mates today on the episode. I was probably more interested to know what it was like. Because uh, are you still pulling on the horse's head mate or did you give that away
2: i, I I've had to pull the pin mate there's a, there's a bubble in the middle that prevents me from doing the zipper up so um, <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so for our listeners so I, benefit, I, I, what, we're, what we're talking yeah. about here is Justin was for how many years were you uh, the Broncos foam horse yeah. mascot
2: mate yeah, 20, well, close to twenty years as the as Buck the Broncos. So,
0: Holy um, moly! Yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, as you can tell by the grey hairs, you know, I'm letting the young fellas get in and do all the backflips and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I, I was
1: curious, mate. Um, like, how the heck do you get a gig as the Broncos mascot?
2: Yeah, look nepotism. <laughs> I, I, I got <laughs> I, I get a heap of mates, and they're all concreters and plumbers and everything like that. And back in the um, back when the Broncos started, uh, one of their wives worked for um, uh, for a bank um, who had some mascots there at the game, and they asked if she knew anyone that crazy enough to chuck on the suit. Um, her husband and my mate um, jumped in, and pretty much um, uh, from that day on, you know, 1988, they've sort of been getting one or two of us into do the mascots and then i kind of took over from um 2000 so wow. yeah no, it's been it's been a been a yeah awesome journey we had a few premierships let's not talk about this season mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i wondered if there was some special training mate i mean you're a highly trained plumber what what sort of training yeah. did you go through to be uh, buck the bronco
2: yeah, just a couple of words, you know, don't throw up in the suit. And <laughs> there you go, out you go, lad.
0: It actually looks really physically draining. As much fun as it looks it is, like, yeah. it looks really physically draining.
2: I've, I've, I've had a couple of gigs over in um, New Zealand and Townsville and down in Sydney, and each time the suit got weighed there and coming back, and it was actually two and a half, well, two to two and a half kilos heavier. So that's the amount of sweat that, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, that, that yeah, you, you do game time. And, um, yeah, so she she's pretty full on.
1: I wouldn't want to be the contractor dry cleaners for that suit,
2: mate. <laughs> no, no, we cleaned our own suit, mate. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Shake a talcum powder and a spray of only, you'd be all good.
2: Oh, giddy up, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, mate, you've, you've uh, done a heck of a lot more than prance around in a in a horse's head. Um, yeah. Mate, uh, give our listeners, a, I guess, a bit of a – Uh, a journey if you like or or perhaps a timeline mate Um, you know you do some pretty amazing work Justin and and you and I have uh, been connected through the lived experience network and mates in construction previously Um, so tell us a bit about and I know you've told this story a million times mate but uh, sadly (laughs) sadly I don't think enough people have heard it um, your story and the story of those like you so just sort of fill our listeners in mate
2: yeah look I I mean trade-wise I come over to Australia as an 18 year old Kiwi um, you know, excuse me for that for all the non-Kiwis there out there. <laughs> um, but I, I came over I, um, to, to be a singer and um, I wasn't real flash as a singer, so I, <laughs> I had to get a trade. I, I had, to, had to get a real job. And so, you know, I tried concrete and brick in and building and carpentry. I finally ended up getting a, uh, a plumber's apprenticeship with, um, with uh, Q Rail back in 94. Uh, uh, so 20 years uh, on the tools and you know, I started my own um, little business, Jelly Belly Plumbing.
0: Um,
2: maybe <laughs> sewage that. to you, but it's bread and butter to me. Was my catch <laughs> cry. <crime>. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I mate, look, not not a great businessman, mate. I, I just cannot do. You know, I, I was forever under under quoting and not charging people, mate, because that's just not my heart. But um, so, I ended up um, back and back in the rail and um, and climbing the ladder there, and then. Um, yeah, it's doing doing all sorts of stuff as as you know. I, I did me mascoting um, since '94. Um, uh, did all that sort of stuff. 2012 rolls rolls along, and um, I, I'm I'm working, pulling big shifts, doing bits of plumbing, doing. Um, uh, I, I I went for state politics and went on Australia's Got Talent and just just manic manic. So. Um, it, it was full on. And then, come the end of the year, I actually, uh, you know, I crashed. Mm. You know, I was, I was living in a real state of mania. And, and then finally, I crashed, um, got admitted to uh, my local um, hospital psych unit where they diagnosed me with a, a mental illness, uh, bipolar type 2. Um, and then the following year, there, there were large layoffs in our sector, and, um, and mine was going to be one of those jobs. And so um, I with the blinkers were on I was unwell um and facing the prospect of not being able to support my beautiful family and um so I set about on a course of action to try and take my life and um and and fortunately that um I, I was I was um found in time and um and and as a result I began to justify to all my mates who were visiting me in hospital and you know all these salty tradies just coming in saying mate we care about you in their in their way and and they asked me why I did what I did. And, you know, as I began to justify and be pretty transparent with them, I, I realised uh, um, the more I talked about it, it gave them permission to tell their stories as well. And, and what I was finding out, mate, is we, we we're all going through stuff. Mm. You know, lots lots of different stuff, but we we're all going through stuff. that we weren't talking about it. We'd be talking about the footy or about this, that, and the other, all the bibs and bobs, but we weren't talking about stuff that matters. And so I guess from that moment on, um, from that second chance that I get that, um, a lot of people don't get. Um, I made it my mission to, to have a conversation, to be transparent, to be fair dinkum, and, and hopefully give my mates and the people out there who hear that story permission to share their stories. Because I, I believe the connection of the story says that, you know, we're all human, we're all flesh and blood. And, and by sharing these stories, we might be able to just, you know, pop our hands up when, when, when we're doing it tough or, you know, um, be confident enough to reach out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that's it in a nutshell, um, as, as uh, Austin Powers would say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Slightly um, different percent yeah. though,
2: mate. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> so what's
1: what's a, a typical week look like for you these days, Justin?
2: Yeah, look, um, pretty, pretty full on. Well, let's take this week. Um, I um, I've been uh, training Monday, so we'll go onto a construction site. We'll do um, there's a three tiered approach of training. It's all suicide prevention. So um giving people tools on how to identify when their mates might be doing it tough. How to how to notice some of those um invitations that might, they might be throwing out there. Um and, and how to ask the question, taking ten seconds of courage to uh, you say, mate, I've noticed you you're not like yourself. You're not doing stuff. You're not saying stuff like yourself. And then talk about um suicide and then getting them getting them on to help. Um, so that's the training that we do in, in three different layers. You know, there's a general awareness, um, connector sessions who are volunteers and then assist training. Um, so we do do that. That'll be Monday. Um, Tuesday, I um, did a bit more training, and I uh, had a yarn with some people, so I do, do podcasts like this, um, mm-hmm. uh, just just sharing my story. Um, Tuesday night was um, speaking in a men's shed at um, a churm side there, Wednesday on a 5am flight to Rockhampton um, where we went to the Stanwell power plant and um, had a bit of a yarn with the people there at the power plant, giving them, um, they've got a big shutdown going on. So um, utilizing that time to give them tools to, you know, help each other out when, when we go through stressful times as well, you know, a lot of, a lot of sparkies and stuff like that. Um, but look, we're all human, mate. We all go through stuff. Mm. Um, and yesterday um, more training, um, And uh, just time to visit uh, a few sites, um, say g'day, you know, because every now and then um, you might just visit a site and there might be the perfect time for someone to say, hey, I'm struggling at the moment or I've got a mate who's struggling. Can you give me a bit of advice or, you know, give me a hand or point me in the right direction? Mm. Um, So, um, yeah, and today I'm on holidays having a yarn with you and then I'm going up to spend some quality time on the Sunshine Coast with me, with my favourite family, so... As opposed to the (laughs) non-favourite idea. How many families have you got, Justin? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't going to let that
1: one go, mate. No, you can't.
0: (laughs) Um, You touched on something there, Justin, 10 seconds of courage. That's fantastic saying, and that's all that it can take. It can be just... You know, we do, uh, on many occasions, we do notice that somebody's a bit different or their personality's changed or they're a bit flat or they're just a bit different to how they normally are when they yeah, ha- when we're yeah. hanging around or knocking about on site or having a beer after work. And you're yeah. right, it takes 10 seconds of courage to be able to say, hey, man, I've noticed that you seem a bit flat. Are you okay? Um, can you yeah. expand on the courage that it takes and how you've seen that pay off with some of those harder conversations being had?
2: Yeah, look, it's um, what what we talk what we talk about is is calling people out on what you notice. You know, it's uh, you're not you're not um, you know, making stuff up. The same, you know, I, I notice I notice you you know doing stuff that you don't normally do. Whether that's uh, you know turning up late or not turning up at all, that's not like you. Or even it's it could be a language. You know, when you're a positive person, all of a sudden that's negative or you've been cranky all your life and then all of a sudden it's like you've won the lotto. It's, it's calling people out on, on those um, those things that you notice that are about, out of character for them. Mm. And that, that 10 seconds of courage, I've seen that so many times where you, where you call people out and you say, what's going on, um, that people will open up mm. because um, you, you, you've you cared enough, you've got the courage enough to ask the question. Um, and, and we always say don't, don't ask the question if you're not prepared to... Hang about for an answer. Hang about for a conversation, mm. because, it, like in my case, you know, I I began to justify why I had all why I was behaving like I was behaving, and 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 so I find that ten seconds of courage is enough to crack it open to, mm. to, to for someone to be. Do you know what? No, I'm, I'm not travelling okay, and um, usually it's this, that, and the other, and um and and, and what I what I say is listen without judgment listen um, to understand and not to respond um, because you know I'm a plumber I love fixing stuff that's what mm-hmm. I do um, but when you're asking someone that 10 seconds of courage um, question um, what's going on um, you, you, you'd be um, oh, what's the word I'm trying to find you um, dishonouring that person to think that you can fix it in five seconds Mm. Mm. so what i say is you know listen to understand as soon as you go into fix it mode you stop listening Mm. Uh, and um and so listen to understand and and hear them out Um, because a lot of the time people just want to be heard um when i when i was doing it tough when i was struggling i had all these thoughts ruminating around in my head and and sometimes just you know, you've got to go to the side of the brain that actually puts it into logic when you start speaking it out. Mm. And so for some people that can take it, that, that's a big process. Mm. And so listening to someone and then, and then, you know, when you get to the end of that, I'm, I'm not a counselor, I'm just a plumber. So I always say, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm just a plumber. I reckon you've got a bit going on there. I reckon we need to get you to some help. Mm. And and that's what it's about, in my opinion. It's not about throwing a pen, saying, "Oh, here's a one three hundred number. Here's one one eight hundred number. How about we make this call together? How about we, you know, we, we we continue this journey together and we call someone who can help you right now." Mm. And, and I've seen it happen time and time and time again. And um, you know, it's it, there are people still here on this planet um, because a mate's taken ten seconds of courage to have a conversation that's changed their life. Mm.
0: I think it's um, really important if we can just dispel something too while we're talking about this. A lot of us are a bit frightened of maybe what we're going to get ourselves into by asking a question like this. Um, You've just languaged or spoken about the fact that, you know, to assist somebody, it really helps to make that phone call or or do something together to get them in a better space. For a lot of particularly tradies, a lot of blokes even, I might hesitate to say, it feels uncomfortable to put ourselves in that position where we might become a part of somebody's journey. Can we talk about what that might actually look like for someone? Because I don't think it's really as scary as we think it might be.
2: No, look, and this is a question we get all the time, you know, um, I just don't want to do any damage, I'm, I'm worried, and I, I, I had a point in my time, and I use this example, where I was really struggling. This was just before my admission um, into hospital in 2012. And I, I was, oh, so many things that I was doing were, you know, just little red flags all over the place. And my boss picked up on it and he kept taking me out for coffees, going, mate, are you okay? Are you okay? What's going on? And, and you know, typical bloke, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, I'm all right, mate. You know, the Alfie. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it, it was, um, it, but every time he asked me, Every time he asked me, although I didn't give him the answer that he was waiting for, um, there was a little part of me deep down that thought, far out, someone cares enough to have this conversation. Mm. And so it was almost like a little seed of hope, a little seed of light in in a, in a dark, dark place that I was at. And then finally, you know, I said, oh, yeah, nah, mate, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not flash." And we went to his office and he said, come on, let's let's make a call with a GP. So can I encourage anyone that's worried about someone, um, just having that conversation, wherever it goes, is actually giving, letting someone know that someone cares enough to take that 10 seconds of courage. Mm. And, and that could just be the little glint of, of hope that someone that needs right at that moment. So as tough as that is... We we ask these questions because we care. Yes, uh, it, you know, and, and that's that's the number one thing. A lot of times when people are struggling doing it tough, they think no one cares. Mm. Mm. So so if we can we can shatter that little little bit of pane of glass right there and say no, just by asking that question, um, whatever the answer might be, just lets them know that someone cares enough to say I've noticed, and, and I'm going to ask that question because I care about you. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: So, Justin, I want to ask you a bit about you. You sort of brushed over it a little bit earlier, just in telling your story about your business and um, yep. how how well you sucked at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which uh, you know, I mean, our listeners tune into this podcast because they're interested in improving their business and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a few questions about it. But one is, what part did that? play in you know pushing you further down the river you know we talk about the river of suicide um yeah what what part did it play and i guess uh you know what could you have done differently or how could that have actually perhaps kept you out of the river in the first place
2: yeah look um i so i'm i'm a a decent plumber i was an honest student everything like that so um I, i knew i was confident in my ability where I where I struggled with my with my plumbing business was that um, I, I wasn't good. You know, I, I got me you know me, me contractor's license, everything like that. So I've done all the all the yeah. bookwork, but um, my my heart is not a not a person. I I, I do stuff for free if I could everywhere, um, and and that's where I struggled. I'm you know I'll, I'll do a good hard day's work for a good day's pay, but as far as um, running a business and charging people, that's you know, that's where I struggled. That's That wasn't my cup of tea. And, and the impact that it, that had on me mm. um, w- was oh, that I'm a failure. Mm. In all reality, no, I, I was a pretty good plumber. And, and, you know, I could get the jobs, but I just, there was one part of me that's, you know, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And yeah. that wasn't one of my strengths, being able to do that. Um, but that that didn't stop that playing on my mind, which which said, "I, oh, you know, you're a failed business businessman. You know, you're you know, no good at um, this." And you know, and so that had a tremendous impact on myself and my family. My my little my oldest daughter was born at that time, so we had the challenges of you know a newborn and um, mm-hmm. and and all the you know all the bills that go along with IVF and all that sort of stuff. And then run, running a business. Um, it, it, it was a challenge, and it really, um, yeah. It, it um, the impact it had on me, yeah, it, it, it was um, a big chunk in the armour. That's for sure.
1: Because one of the things that I guess, uh, in terms of the ongoing change that we're all trying to make around mental health and suicide, um, yeah, there there are organisations like Mates um, that are doing spectacular work in terms of that intervention and, you know, first responder, um, uh, I guess, almost catching people as they're falling into the river. Um, But I'm always curious to talk to people like yourself about what happened five years prior or in the, you know, during the 10 years leading up to that point that if we can sort of get to those points, can we actually equip people like you to not fall in the river in the first place, you know? Um,
2: yeah, 100%.
1: What are your thoughts on that, mate?
2: I, look, brilliant. I, and I mean, you know, I'd, I'd sooner get to uh, where I was with my business. I buried my head in the sand, mate. You know, it got mm-hmm. all too difficult. So I didn't even didn't – wouldn't even know where to go. Um, and so – and um, as as a, you know, a sole business owner, you've got no one to – Check up on you. No one to look over your shoulder, mate. You have just got your ute and um, your tools, and then often time, you know, you do lunch in a park or you do lunch in you, you know, on the side of the road. Mm. And um, so, so who's to check on you, in on you? And, and you know, my wife was busy with family and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, that's that's the ultimate question: How do we reach people um, when they're in those moments? And and I suppose um, it, it's by doing what you're doing it's by having these conversations by mm. by learning from the experience of those that have been there that have that have walked some you know dodgy old pathways um, that hopefully um, to say do you know what um, we, we're not help seekers by nature I, I've got to be honest my, my father wasn't a help seeker my his father before him and then we teach our children these things um, so it's it's really tough to say to someone oh you've just got to reach out and find help um, but what what the, the difference, what we're trying to do is we, we need to beat health offers yeah. because sure as eggs, yeah. if I've got a mate who's moving house, or, you know, I'll lend them a ute. If I've got, um, you know, someone who needs their lawn i or know their lawns, um, but um, that's what we've got to create, this open dialogue that you're creating, uh, that we're all creating, hopefully, to be able to say, do you know what I'm noticing? I haven't seen, seen the mate playing golf in a while and, you know, he's a tradie and, you know, we don't catch up, so maybe... Maybe we, we reach out more rather than asking people to reach out, if that makes sense. Mm,
0: totally. I think it's really valuable. And, and I guess on that, I'd like to pull back to a point that you made when you were talking about your own journey. And it's something that we hear languaged often, but I think as women particularly, so this question is really for the women listening, it's something that we don't understand. We're so burdened by our own pressures. We don't often think about what our men are going through. And something that I'm hearing increasingly more often is the burden of – the weight of providing for your family because i think in this day and age we've gotten so wrapped up in the fact that that's an equal thing that we all do and we all contribute to but the fact of the matter is as a woman i worry less about how much i'm providing for my family than a man does and i think it's really important if you're able to share a little around what that feels like or what that looks like so that our female listeners can understand what our men are going through
2: yeah, look, it's um, and and we we were in the same boat. Um, you know, when I was going through my business, my we had had Marnie was at home. Marnie's my wife uh, mm-hmm. uh, at at home doing a thing um, with the kids. Um, that that's changed now. She's now working two jobs, and you know, uh, reckon she can fit another couple of jobs in there <laughs> as well. Um, but, but um, no, look, um, it's. It, it was such a it was such a challenge and and oh, i don't want to put put, <laughs> put people off but we 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 ended up um she I, I can remember that we were so so strapped at one stage that we were delivering pamphlets mm. and um, we had we had <laughs> uh, my, my daughter in the in the stroller and pamphlets all stacked up around her and um, and when it got too hot we you know'd we'd swap would have turns sitting in the air con of the car and and deliver these pamphlets to keep, um, you know, even if that's 60 bucks on the table mm. that that week. Um, so the impact, it's a very humbling <laughs> um, sort of situation to be in, you know, having those thoughts of the failed business owner, um, having the, you know, the burden of um, telling your wife that we can't put food on the table and then having to work together as a family to do whatever it takes to, you know, keep fed <laughs> um so it's, it's it, it is hard yakka and um after, after my attempt i um i actually wasn't I wasn't working for um two two three years um in full-time work and so what that meant is i actually had to do some very uncomfortable make some very uncomfortable phone calls to our, our children's school and banks um, mortgages, uh, you know, all of these people saying, I've got no money, do you have a hardship package? Mm-hmm. And I've got to tell you, as someone who's a proud plumber, decent plumber, but just couldn't do the things financially, that was probably some of the hardest lessons that I've learned. but I've realised that putting my head in the sand was doing me no good, so I had to make those calls and, and I was surprised, I was shocked that every facility had a hardship mm. component to it and they were willing to work with you. Mm. And, um, and I still have my house and my children still go to their school and um, and so to, to encourage people. And I talk to people every day that, you know, doing it tough on the finance, you know, the, the job's finished and they've got nothing to go to and, you know, there's so much competition out there, um, you know, winning quotes and stuff like that that everyone's cutting each other that's off at the knees. Um, so, it, yeah, I, I don't know if I've answered your question, but um, it, it's, um, it's something that's that's hard, Jacker, um, on, on the family and, um, yeah, yeah.
1: It seems like it, it plays into what you mentioned before about us not being help-seeking as, as men, yeah. um, you know, to go to the bank and say, hey, I'm doing it tough, can you help me out? That yeah. That just adds to the feeling that well, I've failed my family, I can't pay my mortgage, and now I'm going yeah. with my cap in my hand that that yeah. almost exacerbates the issue uh, even if if blokes knew that or people knew that those. Um, alternatives even existed which a lot of people sadly don't they, they don't even know that they can you know make a, an arrangement with the tax office really easily mm. without yeah. being you know getting criminal charges or losing their house or anything crazy like it's actually really hard um, to get to that stage It's it's got to be really really bad so it's just yeah. it's yeah it's it's a challenging thing to i guess see ourselves differently and it's a question i wanted to ask you mate is how, how do you see yourself differently now or think of yourself differently now than you did before your attempt or leading up to that point? Because you still have, you know, you've got a busy life, you've just languaged a typical week, which sounds, oh, I was feeling tired just listening to you, mate. <laughs> um, b- but how do you manage that differently now and how do you see yourself differently?
2: Yeah, look, I, um, you know, experience is a, um, a wonderful teacher. Um, wonderful, probably not the right word in this occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Relentless, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's a teacher of sorts, anyway. You know, it's, it's that subject you never want to do. But I to to be able to um, look at myself now and and and, and you know, we, I, I'm I'm not perfect. We all still go through tough times, and so sometimes that the hey, you know, while I don't look in the rear vision mirror that often. Um, when, when times are tough these days, I can say, "Well, this is how far I've come," and, and I can I remember that I can go. You know, I, I've got so many more options now because I've got, I've had to use them and I've gone through them before. So I look at myself now, thinking, "Do you know what? Um, I, I'm okay. Um, I, I'm not I'm not actually defined by my mental illness. It's a part of me. It certainly makes up who I am, but it doesn't define me. Mm. And so I look at all these experiences and." And, and have the clear understanding and reflection that, um, um, do you know what? It's okay to be me. Um, I'm uh, imperfect. Um, I'm someone that's, um, you know, still makes mistakes. Um, but that's okay. And, you know, I use the old adage, it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to do nothing about it. And so I, I, see myself as, as someone that's, um, certainly walked a journey, but, um, certainly now with a much larger capacity to help myself. And by helping myself, I can actually help other people as well. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: And um, are there routines or changes you've made to routines, mate, that, that support, um, you know, accepting what's going on around you and the stresses and, and, you know, the fatigue and all that sort of stuff, the busyness, like yeah. how, how does that differ for you now, Justin?
2: Yeah, look, I, I refer to it as my scaffolding, mate. Um, you know, I, I'm... Every now and then, I'll still wobble, and um, if I've got the right scaffolding around me, it's going to prevent me from toppling over all the way. And and so I, I've got like a, I use like a four layered um, bit of scaffolding. I've I've got my friends and family. Um, so my wife's like the conductor of my orchestra. Mm-hmm. So if she sees me going down a certain road, she pulls in the karaoke mates. If I go down another road, she pulls in the golfing buddies, you know, so mm-hmm. she, she, she identifies that. And, and, and look, I'm a social media nut. So yeah. if I'm, if I'm absent or doing like that, I've already let my mates know I've given them permission to give me a bell if they notice I'm not posting as prolifically as, you know, seven times a day. yeah so 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 and and even you know calling me out saying you know some of your posts uh aren't aren't real flash mate what's going on so Mm -hmm. so i've got that one component of my scaffolding is my friends and family are going to call me out um on my behaviors and um my my other scaffolding is um you know i've got me meds and i've got me counseling so once a month i i see a counselor and you know, we just have a yarn. We talk about, um, you know, strategies on what keeps me well and, and stuff like that. And so um, um, I've got that component. I, I love music. That's that's um, music and creating, you know, writing stuff, um, acting, and all that sort of stuff's very important to me. So if I've had a big week, um, you know, and you hear lots of sad stories and you talk to a lot of people doing it tough, I go to the things that bring me joy, the things that fill me cup. And, and, you know, I'll have a sing-song. I have a belt out of Tom Jones or whatever, you know, the uh, the greats. Um, that's debatable. Uh, <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go to those cup-filling um, things that bring me joy. And um, and, and then finally, I, 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 love, I love the um, health. Uh, well, you'd, you'd be surprised to look at me, but I actually enjoy um, getting out there, going for walks and um, getting some – I need some physical activity. And I'm really trying to gun for – you know, at least fifteen, twenty minutes, even thirty minutes a day of going for a walk or doing something. Um, and I, I, I refer to that as like connection. So connection mm-hmm. to to land, whether it's walking in the bush, I love bush walks, or walking on the beach, but doing something active. So, so those are my four layers of, of scaffolding that, that that help help keep me propped up, help keep me um, sort of in that place. So,
1: and and none of that is complicated or expensive.
2: No, 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 that's that's a key element for me. <laughs> but, it's, but
1: it's it's so similar for all of us really, and and my yeah. wife would love uh this episode because she's an occupational therapist, a mental health occupational therapist, and cool and cool. uh you know that whole concept of meaningful occupation is yeah. is so critical to our mental health, and yet as business owners especially when, we, when we're stressed, when the cash flow is tight, when, you know, we got, we're under the pump with work, some of the first things that get cut from our life is those meaningful occupations. It's the guitar jam session with the mates or around a round of golf on a Friday afternoon or, you know, hanging out with the kids uh, at the beach for, for two or three hours. Like, that's all the stuff that ends up getting chopped because we're too busy and it's yeah. such a dangerous, slippery slope to get rid of all of that um, for someone who perceives themselves as mentally well, never mind about if, you know, we're a bit off or we're under a heap of stress, so um, it's so good to hear you talk about such simple things, mate, as part of your scaffolding, uh, and I, and I yeah. really would implore everybody to just have a look at their life and say, well you know, what am I doing for me, and how often?
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little one, I love the AFL saying, it's a 1%, it's mate. you know, you, even if even if you you don't put your pressure on yourself to do a half an hour, maybe go for a five minute walk. Mm. You know, just just find the one percenters that you that, that you can, you know, eke out of your busy day. And and I know it. I was having a yard with my counsellor yesterday, and I said, Oh, you know, I've dropped off on me walking, and I've dropped off on me um me singing, and um and it's something that's so easy to do in the busyness of the business, you know, mm. and mm. um and so it's important, to, you know, just even just eke out a five minute. You know, song. You know, have a bout in the car. You know, try and find those moments where you can, where you can fill your cup. So, yeah, mm. good call. Mm.
1: Yeah, mate, uh, I know we're on a time limit here, Justin, because uh, yeah, you're, you're on, on holidays. Mate, <laughs> yeah. I've probably got one or two more questions to, to hit you with. Um, one of which is, is one that I asked just about all of our guests, mate, and, and um, I'm pretty keen to hear your answer to this one. If you had a 1,000 tradies, and let's, let's go with, you know, our, our audience is trade business owners. Um, if yeah. you had a 1,000 of them in a room, mate, what is one thing you would like to teach them or, or one thought you'd like to leave them with?
2: Yeah, good. Good question. Um, I I, I think the the lesson that I've I've learnt myself, um, and and I'd love to, I I often put out there is be kind to yourself. You know, we put so much pressure on ourselves. To, to, we live in a very competitive world. Mm. You know, you're compete, competing for jobs, you're competing, you know, to be the best so that you can, you know, get, it, get it, everything like that. Be kind to yourself and, and know that, do you know what? Um, Oscar Wilde said it best, mate. Uh, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. <laughs> so be the best plumber you can be. Be the best chippy. Be the best sparky. Be the best that you can be. And 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 be kind to yourself, knowing that you know what. You, if you as soon as you start trying to be like someone else or do you know do do that whole thing, you you, you set yourself up for failure. And so that's my message: be kind to yourself and know that um, you know be the best best you that you can be.
1: Mm, great advice, mate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw it <laughs> I was going to throw <laughs> to Coxie because like. I've been hogging the floor here. <laughs> you do it well. <laughs> um, uh, the other question I wanted to ask you, Justin, is uh, what what do you think needs to change? You know, obviously, you, you work with mates, um, and you know, you would see some some very encouraging stuff, and and no doubt still some very worrying stuff. Um, what do you think, as a as an industry, you know, the the trades in general, um, around this this whole issue, not just suicide, but mental health, and you know how we deal with stress and everything. What do you think needs to change?
2: Yeah, look, another great question, mate. Yeah, you put me put me under the pump here. <laughs> You're um, on
1: holidays. You should be on fire. Yeah, right? I know.
2: That's true. <laughs> um, do, you, do you know what? I I think there's there's still you know. There still are elements. We are changing. We are definitely changing as far as being able to talk about stuff that matters. Um, but there, there's still that old school element of just harden up and get on with it. And um, and I, I can, you know, we're working a lot at the moment with young people. There's still some of the stories you hear is just just turn your head. Some of our young apprentices, and um, and so we just need to um, keep that that focus of. You know, um, being able to look out for your mates, Mm. being able to have courageous conversations, um, to be fair dinkum. You know, I'm a Kiwi. And when I come over, I I got my concept of what a fair dinkum Australian was. I want to flip that fair fair dinkum around and say, to be fair dinkum is actually being transparent and calling yourself out when you're doing it tough or calling your mates out when you can see they're doing it tough. uh, Because... Um, burying our heads in the sand, pretending like everything okay is not working, mm-hmm. and and the old adage, mate, if we keep doing what we if we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we always got. Mm-hmm. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. So what needs to change is we need to be fair, being call each other out, notice when our mates are struggling, and have conversations that can change a life. Uh, i'll get off my
1: soapbox now oh no i could listen to you
0: rant all
2: afternoon mate. (laughs) such
0: important words they really are
1: it is and i I just don't think we can we can talk to too many people like you justin and have Mm. you share your story too many times because um it it's not uh getting through as much as it needs to Mm. um and, you know, the more people that, that get on board with this way of thinking, I think, is, is um, you know, the more good we're going to do, obviously. So, mate, um, yeah. just I, I personally want to thank you for your time today. I know you, you have a lot on your plate um, and it's, it's, it's been, you've been on my list for a long time to get you on the show, mate. So, it's been fantastic yeah. to chat to you and I uh, really appreciate you sharing your story too, mate.
2: Yeah, look, and, and thank you for, um, you know, uh, taking time to have a yarn, but thank you for all that you're doing. Because, you know, you're, you're, one conversation that's reaching so many people. Um, you make it a difference in lives. And, you know, you might not see that day to day, but I, I can guarantee you that the conversations that you're having are changing people's lives, changing the way people look at, um, look at things. And we're changing that, um, that, that word stigma. We're changing all those things all through your conversations that um, you guys are doing. So yeah, I, I I return that in a boomerang fashion and um, <laughs> right back at you. Thank you for everything you guys do and and, and keep keep going. Thanks. Thank mate.
0: you, Justin. That's very touching.
1: Now now one last thing. You did mention you're a social media slut. Uh, yes if, if that's people, what i do buddy if people want to see how awesome your beard is where do they go and find out more about you and also about mates obviously we should uh we should get you to share those details too mate
2: yeah look i mean um i'm the only Justin Gange on the planet which is um you know there you go oscar wilde eat your heart out um so yeah jump jump and um you know google google my name there's a lot of a lot of different um stories and um little vignettes of um you know, my days on reality TV and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yep. But um, there's also a few few articles there from uh, from mates and construction. Are you okay? Um, all those sort of um, things. Um, so yeah, just just Google uh, Justin Gaines and um, you should uh, find something. But uh, if you are struggling or, or doing it tough and need some support, um, you know, and you're, you're a tradie out there, you know, mates and construction is a free um, uh, is. Uh, support uh, service um one three hundred six four two triple one. Um or you know if you if you need to talk to you know someone from Lifeline, you know, uh one three uh, uh oh here we go one three <laughs> now I've forgotten the little number one three triple one four I believe. I think um, that's right. It, yes. it, yep. yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we'll it is but
1: yeah, we'll put the links in the show notes as well. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, just, just um, if you know someone's struggling, you know, have that conversation or, or help them make a call to one of those numbers. Um, you know, one conversation could change your life. Mm. Ten seconds of courage, mate. I love it. Thank you. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Sweet, Sweet as bro.
1: Enjoy your holiday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> Certainly is an interesting story. And I love the way that Justin's so happy to be vulnerable any mm. story and share it so that we can all gain from his experience. Absolutely. It's not an easy thing to do and yet it can be the most empowering thing to do, to be vulnerable and allow yourself to be heard.
1: Mm. And and I think that key message for me about the fact that blokes are not help seekers mm-hmm. means that we have to be help offerers.
0: And it doesn't take much, 10 seconds of courage.
1: No, because blokes like to help and fix things. Mm-hmm. So it actually makes sense for those of us who are okay to go around offering help to people that aren't because they're not going to ask for it.
0: No, and my favourite thing in the whole interview was as soon as you go into fix-it mode, you're no longer listening. That's a great quote, and it's something <laughs> that I think yep. all of us, you know, mums, dads, parents, blokes, we all go into fix-it mode. We want to fix it. We want to take that pain away. We want to make it better, but sometimes the best thing you can do is just listen.
1: So you mean I've got to shut up?
0: Yes, Warren. <laughs> And on the listening front, how about we give you a few phone numbers? Yeah. Um, if this has raised any issues for you today, or you know of somebody who's struggling and you need a bit of help to or guidance on how to help them, you can contact Mates in Construction on one three hundred six four two triple one. That was one three hundred six four two triple one. Or Google Mates in Construction. Alternatively, you can call Lifeline on one three triple one four.
1: And I would encourage everybody who just listened to that. To write those numbers on an old business card or a piece of paper, stick it in your wallet and just have it handy Mm. Um, because it's part of, you know, asking people if they're okay, nothing worse than uh, being ill-prepared. So, you know, it may never be necessary for you, but at least I think it's a good reminder of, hey, there's some help available and here's a number, let's call them together, as Justin said. So um, I certainly carry a card in my wallet with uh, with those services on it. And, uh, I, you know, I just think it's important that we're all prepared for this sort of stuff so, mm. and willing to take a stand. So anyway, um, thanks again for tuning in. Hope you got some value from today's episode. Uh, I don't know. Should we talk about the group, Coxie?
0: You know where to find us. Jump onto Facebook, Traders in Business, private Group. What are we up to now? Almost 1,200 like-minded tradies, mm. business owners. They're willing to support, help and connect with you.
1: Sounds good. See you in there. Bye.
0: You've been
2: listening to the Tradies and Business
0: podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au